Hello and welcome to The Green Stream, a podcast brought to you by Sustainable Business Network Detroit, a network of partnerships between Southeast Michigan stakeholders, innovators, and changemakers. Each partner is on a mission to advance and amplify sustainable business practices, and we're here to learn from, share, and help activate a sustainable way forward for Greater Detroit. If you enjoyed today's episode, please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a review and join the conversation on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And head over to our website, sbn-detroit.org. Now, let's listen in to our conversation with today's sustainability leaders. Well, hello and welcome to the Green Stream. And thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Terry Barclay, President and CEO of Inforum and Chair of the Sustainable Business Network of Detroit. And I am just really thrilled that our guest today is John Satkowski. And I want to make sure I get your title right, because it has a lot of things in it, John, that I hope you're going to tell us about. Um, John is Vice President, Financial Facilities, IT, and Auxiliary Services at Henry Ford College. So, John, tell us about your work and how you came to do it. Well, I'll go back a, a little ways. Um, I've been at Henry Ford for about 11 years now and uh, didn't plan on it, planned to retire before that, but ran into the, the president and the, Henry, and the human resource director who I knew in a prior uh, employee uh, and just talked me into coming in. And I figured, okay, five years, that'll be a, a good ending. Well, here it's year 11, just because there's, so many different things uh, uh, taking uh, taking place at, at, at Henry Henry Ford, uh, new president, and, uh, and so on. But my background is primarily accounting, finance. Uh, I do have a law degree from University of Toledo, master's degree in accounting from University of Toledo, and uh, undergraduate from the. I love to say this to my Ohio State friends, the University of Michigan, Michigan. <laughs> so. Uh, uh, Rose Bowl winners, hey! All right, <laughs> winners, uh, boy. I like to. I live so close to Toledo. I'm only six miles from Toledo, so uh, it feels good right now. Anyway, uh, from my background uh, standpoint, I did this type of work with energy uh, prior to the other community, another community college I was at in Ohio, and it came about through state legislation, is what it did. I started at this community college talked to some of the other CFOs from colleges within the state and the state of Ohio had put forth that all public institutions would reduce their energy consumption by 30% by the year 2013. And this was in 2008 when, uh, when this first started. So we did a smaller project uh, at, uh, at, at Owens, about a $9 million project. Payback was over eight years and the, implementation team had to guarantee that we would see those savings. Otherwise, if we didn't meet those targets, uh, they had to write us a check for the difference uh, for that particular issue. Same thing here at Henry Ford. When I came to Henry Ford here in 2013, uh, campus is, is dated. We all know that the campus has been around for over 100 years, uh, over 80 years now. But there were significant things that we needed to do where uh, energy was, was a major issue. So I brought 
the same consultant that I used when I was in uh, Toledo to come in, take a look at all of our buildings, uh, put the plan together, and then we would issue it as a request for proposal to the major com companies out, out there. What we ended up doing was uh, putting it, putting that proposal together and Johnson Controls was the uh, successful bidder. We had a price tag on it uh, at that point. What can we do for $23 million? We had the definition, the mechanical issues, the roofs, uh, centralized heating. It was a complete approach to the campus, not just the kind of work that Johnson Controls had done before, have always done, and that is, well, if you change these lights, you're going to have X amount of energy savings, and we'll guarantee you that. This was a campus-wide uh, project. So we had people through our consultant, uh, I'll mention his name, Peter Garforth, with contacts in, uh, in, in Europe. I knew Peter because he used to work at Owens Corning Fiberglass in Toledo and went on his own and designing buildings for energy efficiency. He did that kind of work for, for Owens Corning when he was in Europe, but I, I don't want to digress too far on that. So we became uh, friends on this and he identified key global uh, companies that deal with this in Europe, very little in Canada, hardly any in the US. Two of those groups were Bauman, uh, the Bauman Group, and the other one was Danfoss, D-A-N-F-O-S-S, dealing with controls. We tore our campus apart uh, four years ago. We dug trenches. We put uh, state-of-the-art uh, piping in into those various uh, trenches so that we could centralize the operations of the, uh, of the campus. Ironically, I saw that kind of piping when I was in uh, Iceland two years ago. Uh, on a tour and that we were there and I, say, I said to my wife, look, look at how this piping is being used for uh, uh, transferring energy here in Iceland. She says, only you could be the one to be <laughs> excited about pipe for crying out loud. So <laughs> that is a complete work uh, of the campus uh, to get us to where we're at today. Our investment has gone up to a little over 27 million, but again, uh, Johnson Controls had to give us a performance contract to guarantee the $23 million being returned through energy savings uh, with an 8% rate of return uh, through uh, 2035. It was the end of that work. So our work isn't done, but a substantial amount of it has been done at this point. Wow, um, that that's incredible. So help us understand I mean, you've done such a great job describing kind of the scale and the scope and the comprehensiveness of that approach. How is that impacting the campus today? I mean, what are you, you know, what, how's that impacted the experience of people who are there? A couple of things. Um, it has totally changed the training method for all of our maintenance custodian folks. Uh, that with the new equipment, the new uh, control units uh, that are that are in place, they are getting the complete training through Johnson Controls and the vendors for that uh, uh, for that work. But what I didn't mention so far is this was not just about energy savings; it was about energy savings and curriculum. Because the key thing with the curriculum is 
what comes first, the chicken or the egg, as people say? Do we train workers to do this kind of work or do, you know, or is the work there and then the industry asks for these folks with these kind of resources? So this, the equal part to this was the curriculum, Johnson Controls, uh, a third party dealing with us to develop that curriculum for students to understand the controls, the AV equipment, the uh, cogen units, and I'll get a little bit more onto the cogen units a, a little bit later, but that uh, is being done with our curriculum. We do have two federal grants from Representative uh, Debbie Dingle uh, for this training. And we also have another grant from uh, Senator Stabenow, which deals with the training and also deals with expanding our PV array uh, system with that. So the curriculum is as important as the energy savings, uh, but the money from the federal government is what's being used to develop that, that curriculum. Uh, it's not totally new, but you may take, uh, I'll use an example that uh, we may have like a, an, electric, uh, an electrical course within our engineering, uh, two-year engineering program. They will supplement that with some deliverable outcomes related to the energy field of what we're doing now, what Johnson Control needs when it comes to employees for certain, uh, certain jobs uh, that they have and for the entire industry. So it's, it's in process right now. We have the seed money for doing that. And that's uh, my counterpart on the academic side has been working uh, with us contiguously uh, for that. That is just fabulous. What a great idea to connect the work that you're doing on the physical plant and infrastructure with curriculum, you know, just brilliant because that's what's happening out in the real world. Are you seeing big demand for, are the students seeing big demand for those skills? And, um, you know, how, how, how do you see that future? It's like I say, it's in the development is what, what it is. Another piece of it too is, uh, battery technology that flows mm. right into this uh, uh, as, as well, whereby we're working in one of our areas to take a, an old welding lab, if you will, and convert it to a uh, battery technology development, uh, I don't say program uh, area, how we, how we can describe it, but give the students the uh, understanding of what it takes to uh, make these kind of uh, decisions, make these kind of batteries. How, how are they maintained? Uh, we do have a number of vehicles in our uh, Ford Asset program and our other areas where battery technology is being reviewed and it's part of the, part of the Ford Asset curriculum uh, as well. So energy-wise, we not only look at building itself, but our buildings and our transfer of energy, but also the future in terms of the uh, I'll call it the EV lab, if you want to call it that. And that's, it's not just a very simple method of developing an EV lab. Uh, uh, I haven't seen it myself, but I've heard about how difficult it, uh, it could be. It has to have significant safety standards associated with it. But again, it's, it's being funded off of not one of the grants I mentioned, but off of another grant with, uh, uh, with the Balmer Group. So that's uh, uh, another piece uh, associated with it. And our students, 
uh, students are seeing, you know, what's being developed, but are we to the point yet of where there are, say, the degrees and certificates being uh, earned yet at this point? Not quite at this point. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But but the vision is there and the plan yes. is there and the funding is there. So I'm sure that, <laughs> yes. that that's um, on its way and coming. You know, you know, John, you've got you've got a little you've got a lot on your plate here. Um, you know, how do you think about an approach? You've been talking about this a little bit, but are there is there anything else you want to say about um, how you see the sustainability initiative and and how you manage that? You you know you had referenced the skill sets mm -hmm. that you needed to build on your staff team, for example. Are there other things? We we're going to continue. It's like I say, it's a continuous process. It's not like oh, we're done. We're done at this point. Uh, there are a number of things that are, I'd say, sequenced out in the coming years. Uh, I'll give you an example. Air handlers, for example. There are so many air handlers that we have on the campus. We couldn't do them all at one time. We couldn't afford to do it all at one time. So those are in the process of being replaced over the next 10 years. But one of the benefits, if there are, if I, you want to say it's a benefit from, from COVID, was I was just going to ask you about that. <laughs> the college was, you know, it was closed down, but there were those federal monies through the care, through CARES packages, through HERF is what they call it for students, for campuses to do things to deal with COVID. And we got uh, pre-approval through the federal government to accelerate the replacement of our air handlers using the, you know, the argument that, uh, Classrooms would be cleaner. Uh, the uh, uh, air filtration through classrooms would be much better than what it was with uh, new and more uh, efficient air handlers. So we did get some of that monies that we were entitled to to be used for that particular part of the part of the process. So that's speed up some of the uh, uh, replacements. Our overall goals with the project was a 60% reduction in electricity usage, 50% uh, greenhouse gas, and another 40% in, in water. So the, the, the water is an interesting one because of the change you do to your, your restroom facilities. But even on the outside, when you have your lawn and your uh, gardens and things like that, we went more to a natural uh I should say setting for some of our mm -hmm. gardens with marigolds and so on. And people mm -hmm. kept thinking, your campus is getting weedy. Why aren't you taking care of the weeds on your camp campus? Well, it takes a few years for that to happen. So we got a few comments with regards to zero, they call it zero escaping is what it was. But with the electricity target of 60%, that was where we're supposed to be in, in 2035, uh, we're 25% ahead of that mark right now. So we're right around 42% uh, redu reduction. So we have some to go on it, but we're ahead of, uh, of the schedule. And the same thing with the greenhouse gas and 50% we wanted to be at, uh, we're at 42% on the, on the greenhouse gas where we were planning to be at this point in time around 35. So uh, it's, the results have been better and Johnson Controls are meeting their guidelines. You mentioned uh, manpower on this. We have a full, I have a full-time person, works within facilities, works for our facilities director who manages all of this. 
who deals with the energy, the training of, uh, uh, of the employees when new employees come, come on board. And he's also working directly with uh, Johnson Controls, where we have a, a full-time person from Johnson Controls on site to as they do the tweaks and the uh, updates and, hey, this is the newest thing coming on board. Here's what the cost is. Here's what our payback is on this. This needs to be gone into in some of the additional phasing. Wow. <laughs> That's just really, <laughs> really impressive outcomes. Um, so wonderful to hear that you're ahead of schedule in many cases. Um, and, and what an impact. You know, I, I just was thinking the campus is large. How many, uh, how big is that campus that you're managing there? We're, you know, the area, it's uh, right off of Evergreen. It's, you know, just under a million square feet is what uh, what it is. And there's uh, some, uh, some work being planned on a potential new, uh, newer building and a renovation of a couple buildings. And, and with those buildings, we've already insisted with uh, the architects that the, they tie in with the global uh, efficiencies that we're looking at now and the, the roof standards and, and so on to centralize the development of this new building and the renovations of, of two other buildings into this uh same uh, scenario. So it's taken seriously, not only with what currently exists, but what is is coming forth uh, as well. The, I mentioned the cogen units. Uh, a cogen unit, what it does is uh, runs on natural gas is what it ends up doing, but it serves as uh, your, let's say, electricity, your heating uh, as an option, and also takes you off the grid, if you have to say our power is interrupted from DTE due to a snowstorm or whatever it is, this will allow us to run on our own to a certain degree. And the heat that's generated off of the cogen units is also transferable and reusable across campus. Right now it's set up for the tech building, which is where it's located. But the idea is to expand it so that we can, uh, with our current current centralized system and the, and the, I should say, the piping and the octopus piping that goes out to the other buildings to be able to take advantage of that uh, in the other buildings uh, when you have issues of power. So, and the, one of the co cool things people are telling me about it too is when we expand the PV array system, uh, there's a alternative of, of energy to be used in running it in addition to, you know, natural gas to, cut down on, on your consumption of natural gas and, and using uh, photovoltaics for uh, uh, operating the, the systems as well. I don't get too technical and if I know some of the key words of so anybody <laughs> asked you know, how, how this all works, uh, I'd have to bring on my, uh, you know, my energy, the energy guy that, uh, that we have uh, has been here for since the start of this project. You know, there's just just hearing the the description of all that you're working on. Um, there's really a couple more questions that come to mind. Okay. You know, you're really talking about something very comprehensive with lots of elements to it, and I'm sure that all rolls up to an energy master plan, and you know, all of that. How do you 
go about making decisions and in and establishing priorities uh given that it's it sounds like you're doing everything all at once but we know you can't possibly do everything all at once so how do you think about that think about that primarily though it deals with um the payback uh, on it dealing with how is this going to reduce the, the the consumption Okay, Johnson Controls. Like I said, this is a partnership with Johnson Controls. What's the payback on this? And uh, how does this, you know, this will affect your guarantee is what it is. So we're, you know, we're, like I say, we're about 95% done with a major infrastructure uh, investment. Another 5% to do. But then, like I say, there's always the new, new things coming on board. So they need to make their case that this, you know, hey, this will uh, this will have a payback within the next eight to 10 years at, at this particular cost. Um, that's that's how we that's pretty much going for going forward with it. It you know, the college does have funds to do these things and fund them ahead of time, uh, of course. But the the payback on them is is significant, um, significantly important. An example was we had in one of the original, in the original proposal, doing a lot of things with glass is what we ended up doing, uh, replacing glass within buildings. And when you ran the numbers on it uh, and also putting in a bigger photo of a, uh, a PV array system, the numbers that we ran on it were too far out uh, in, the, in the future. They did, we could do other things more quickly to uh, save uh, save energy than by doing uh, doing those things roof roof you know roof standardization for example uh, 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 would be one control units uh, controlling the availability of uh, of power and lights and so on within the individual buildings we get more of that in the uh, front end than we would in the others. Now we're taking a look at some of those other longer term things that will yield additional benefit, but didn't yield the uh, uh, significant reductions that you could see uh, early on mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. things that things that were planned uh, on with the cogen units, with, with the piping, with boilers, uh, reduction of boilers, significant reduction. We've, we've cut down on our boiler usage from two, 60% from what we had before. So transfer of power um, uh, on that. Yeah, it makes total sense, total sense. So given the this incredible work <laughs> that you're doing in a very short period of time um, at the college, how, how are you working to sort of establish those global best practices in energy management and education? It seems like you um, would have a lot to contribute to that conversation given the work that you've undertaken. We've been trying to, we've been working with, uh, you know, bringing the city of Dearborn into this uh, mix as well, as well as uh, Dearborn Public Schools. Uh, Probably a number of people don't know, or maybe a lot of people do know that the board, uh, the board of education for Dearborn Public Schools is the same board that Henry Ford College has. It's elected by uh, the citizens of Dearborn. Um, D- Henry Ford College is the only college in the entire state that is specific to one city, uh, including, well, including Dearborn Heights, uh, areas in Dearborn Heights as well. 
that uh, exists in the state of Michigan. So we have one board. Uh, if you go to any other college or any other school system, uh, the board at, uh, at Wayne County or the board at Schoolcraft or, or Oakland uh, Community College is not, does not service uh, a K-12 district. So we're able to do that uh, with one board and working with our K-12 folks. And part of the money's from the uh, Stabenow and uh, Senator, uh, Senator Stabenow and, and Representative Dingell's categories, even though loved Representative Dingell, but she's not a part of our area any, anymore. I've known her and, and John forever, but it's uh, the funding that we got from them helps us with developing the curriculum at the K-12 level as well prior to uh, admission into into the college. So we're working on that curriculum exchange as well. As well. And then with the city, uh, working with the city to uh, express to them what uh, what we what we have done. And the key factor behind the whole thing is it's how should I say how, how many word this it's guaranteed is what it what it is. You work with somebody like Johnson controls, you work out the contract, you get the guarantee, you measure the results. And if they're hit their targets, so be it. If they don't, they have to make up the difference. So it's not a difficult decision to make uh, at the, at the front end when we uh, in both of both colleges as working at to get uh, uh, this undertaken. So the idea is to work with the community college or the community has to working with more so with, with K-12 on this, as well as with the city. So it's fascinating. It sounds like you're bullish on the role that educational organizations and institutions can play in advancing sustainability goals in a region like Southeast Michigan. Yeah. Uh, do you, it sounds like you think there's more opportunity there for, uh, educational institutions to lead there is um this what we're talking about here today the we have meeting this uh with all of our community college uh financial folks at our our winter meeting coming coming up this is one of the topics that they want to talk about uh when i talk guarantee to them their ears open up and they listen how how do you do do that i said you just need to have the the funding up front to do it and then the guarantees come through just like a cash flow so yes i think there's more of it within uh within the state of michigan is coming uh but there is one college uh university in canada sheridan college which is uh west of london or near london on london ontario i believe uh uh west of uh toronto that's doing has been doing this uh, as well, but they're a four-year institution, so they've developed a four-year curriculum, and we're working with them on the third and fourth year. Since we're only the, from the community colleges standpoint, they have their local city government uh, in place on this as well. And the same consultant that I mentioned earlier, uh, who's worked with me, is working with them on that, and they're uh, they're coming along. Uh, as far, if not a little bit further than what we are, but they're they're a four-year institution. So curriculum development and getting the four-year degree is also something uh, we are looking at and to get the approval to uh, 
to go forward on, on a four-year degree. Wow. Well, that is very exciting to hear. And it sounds like all of your work has positioned you well for that uh, going forward. Yeah. <laughs> so, so John, before we, before we wrap things up, are, I, I'm just curious, are there any other um, examples you can share of sustainability forward examples, so to speak, that you find inspiring in um, Detroit? Oh, that's, oh, that's quite interesting. Um, I think you see a more, let's just say, with, with the work that uh, DTE and a number of folks and the work that they've done with us on this conversion with the, with the cogen units and our PV array, which is what can be put on our uh, campus as well, has been, uh, has been a good working relationship uh, uh, with them. And um, I'd have to say, too, our facilities with the SA, um, with uh, Society of Engineers, we have a facility on campus that stands alone that uh, we own 100% of it. We're going to convert that. We're going to extend our centralized heating and cooling system to the facility because it, it runs on its own right now. It has its own boilers. It has its own HVAC systems and so on. So the idea is to move K-12 into that facility uh, one for uh, two, there's four buildings into two of the buildings. Uh, we would retain uh, one of the buildings associated with it, but the the idea is to convert that outstanding building outstanding in its in its area to the, to the same process. Now, uh, with uh, cogeneration, uh, more and more of that um, as not only for education but for uh, generating the electricity and the and the energy that, that we're talking about that's something that can be transferable uh, across the the various regions I mean you look at you look at uh, Dearborn public schools they have a heck of a lot more buildings that we do but they're spread out is what uh, is what they are so you'd really need to look at you know where they have some of their clusters how you can deal with some of the bigger buildings or the newer buildings that they're that, that they have on board to uh, to go forward on uh, on dealing with that. Well, I, I think that there's so many inspiring examples in our region. And I know that um, if any one of our listeners wanted to reach out to you to help connect them, I'm sure you would. Um, sure. You know, John, thank you so much for spending time with us today on the Green Stream and congratulations on your big goals and your big success. And we look forward to hearing more stories to come. Appreciate it. I'm, I'm glad to, to be part of this. I'm glad to uh, hear about uh, your mission on uh, in the other areas and the sustainability and how we can make Detroit a better and the area a better uh, place to be. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Thank you for tuning in to the Sustainable Business Network Detroit, the Green Stream podcast. Remember to like, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure to follow us on sbn-detroit.org and stay tuned for more conversations on sustainability from inside and around the city.